Well, let me tell you something, brother. Vince McMahon, brother, I'm here to, to talk about my career, brother. And I'm going to, I was taught, I was at, at my house, brother, at Venice Beach, California, watching the television, brother. And I saw my brother, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, brother, going there in that match, dude, to have the match with, with Ted DiBiase, brother. And I saw the IRS and the multi-million dollar man try to shatter his face, brother, into a million pieces, brother. And thank God the man, the big man upstairs was, was his brother, brother. Because he saved him, and he only had a broken nose, brother. Brother. <laughs> Guys, welcome to Getting Some Color. I'm actually trying to get the episode number, because uh, I always fuck that up anyway. I gave uh, you a bunch of time to do it. I know. Well, I was going to... You, your brothers were mesmerizing. I can't even fucking speak today. Yeah, it totally fried your brain. Yep. Guys, welcome to episode 24 of Getting Some Color, uh, where we are currently going through the w- w- Fuck me. WWF Raw 1993, and then we're also doing WCW Saturday Night 1993. Uh, Raw is on February 22nd, and WCW Saturday Night is on February 27th. Uh, so, we got some news finally. Shit has happened uh, what? Why are people dying that I like in in wrestling right now? No, uh, Pat Patterson was old. Yeah, uh, and seventy nine. He can this be? Because I know every wrestler when they come out, they usually tw- tweet something or say something, right? Mm-hmm. When when Dusty died, right? Everybody cried. I uh, like yeah. Um. I want to say Pat Patterson was probably second in line of probably one of the grateful mentors out there because I saw people that tweet that don't usually tweet about, you know, deaths and stuff or go into like long paragraphs. I saw Kevin Owens do it. I saw uh, fucking Sami Zayn, apparently. By the way, I saw a picture of Pat Patterson holding Sami Zayn when he won an NXT title. Like, there was him in the crowd, like lifting Sami Zayn. So I, 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 I never heard Pat Patterson being that big of a mentor in a WWE. He's uh, his role in that's kind of been a little bit more in the background. Mm-hmm. Like I think they said Pat retired in ring nineteen eighty four, nineteen eighty five, and. Ever since then, when he was in when he was in WWF at that point, he kind of just became like a, uh, uh, not a booker per se, but kind of like an agent and like a finish guy and an idea guy just in general for like stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Like they said, like oh, he was the guy that came up with the Royal Rumble, and um, and that's something that still goes on today. I don't know if he came up with Survivor Series or not. I can't remember that, um, but. He he's primarily known for like having really good ideas for matches and coming up with finishes and stuff like that and kind of mentoring guys backstage. Referee, he was one of the best IC title holders out there. Yep, he was also an infamous stooge of of Vince McMahon. That's how a lot of people are going to remember him now too. Yeah, a lot of people our age remember him in the Attitude Era when it was Jared Briscoe and. Pat Patterson as the goons for uh, Vince McMahon's henchman kind of thing. 
which yeah. was always hilarious. Uh, I I love that. Uh, I by the way, was it Gerald Briscoe or was it Pat Patterson who won the twenty four seven title? Before I think died? it was Pat Patterson. I think it was Pat Patterson that did. <laughs> wow. Okay. So maybe maybe we'll see our truth give a little uh, nod to him in the ring in in his in funny fashion because we all know Pat Patterson would would love that comedy. Uh, yeah, with our truth. So also right. have to give a shout out to how how funny he is when he says things like he calls Lance Storm Land Storm <laughs> because of his accent stuff. He just there's a ton of stories about how he's like just funny and how he talks to people and everything. Yeah, he calls uh, apparently Chris Jericho hockey puck or something. Yeah, he has like a, a funny name for people, or he just fucks their name up somehow. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Rest in peace, Pat Patterson. He will be missed. Um, but uh, I, I guess let's get into some... I'm not saying that Pat Patterson is not big news, but let's get into some news that kind of surprised me. Uh, I'll, I'll just get it right off. So AEW had a another promotion thing on Dynamite called Winter is Coming. Uh, now, if anybody remembers Game of Thrones, that's what their slogan was, Winter is Coming. Uh, and if everybody knows, there's crows in Game of Thrones. So, I didn't put this together. So, I guess the marketing was pretty cool on that. So, during um, Darby Allen, Cody Rhodes, and uh, I, f- I don't know who the black guy's name is, and... Uh, What's his other phrase? Ricky Starks, the Taz Powerhouse team. Hobbs. Yeah. He's not so, Will Hobbs or Willie Hobbs anymore. Now he's Powerhouse Hobbs. Mm-hmm. So during the match, like shit was going chaos. And then all of a sudden it went dark. And then the Titan Tron, they showed a crow. Uh, it didn't do the like, caw, caw. it just like showed a crow. And then it said winter is coming. And then it went dark. And then it came back and it said Sting. And I'm like, is that him? What? Yeah. yeah. And, and and then he comes out as the crow Sting. And I fucking pop, dude. Like, a lot of people on the internet are being fucking assholes and shit. And going, he's too old. Which, yeah, he's old. But I think he still has a couple of matches in him. Um, I think WWE did him dirty when he came in. Uh, a little bit, and um, I, 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 we always make jokes that Seth Rollins ends careers, but you know <laughs> the buckle uh, buster thing wasn't good for Sting. That's why he got injured. Yeah, uh, but it's it, it's interesting what he did because he he like stared at Cody for a while, uh, probably you know with the whole Dusty and Stinger kind of thing, um. And then he he looked at Arn Anderson for a while. I didn't know Arn Anderson and Sting had like kayfabe beef in WCW. Uh, yeah, the Horseman I think attacked Sting several times. Yeah, and then he looked at Darby Allen, and this is where wrestling fans are fucking dumb as fuck. I I, I want to say it's because they're like, oh look. You know, it's younger Sting and older Sting. And I'm like, Darby Allen has, is not compared to fucking Sting at all. No, be- people co- people compare Darby Allen to Jeff Hardy more than Sting. <laughs> yeah, because, like, 
yeah, they have face paint, but that's the only similarity that they have. Sting was never a high flyer at all. So that's what I hate. But I'm I'm happy. I, I want apparently he's gonna talk next week. Uh which leads me to my next unless you have anything you want to say about Sting. Um he he saved him, right? He went did he run him off or hit guys with the bat? No, he just came in and stared at everybody. Oh, and they just like what? They everybody just stopped what they were doing. Yeah, huh? I figured they would try to attack him at least the heels. No, <clears throat> I th- I think they're trying to do it's Stinger. Oh my god, kind of thing. Like okay, he, yeah. So I I have an I I have an idea, but I need to lead into the other story. That's why I was saying. Do you have anything to t- uh, discuss about Sting? <clears throat> um, not really. Other than like. If he's gonna go there to to actually have a match, um, hope he's in good shape, mm-hmm. and I hope nobody tries. I, I hope nobody tries to do anything crazy with him, and I hope he's he'll shoot anything down that's dangerous if he's gonna do something. Yeah, because uh, he's and, he's about sixty now, I think. Yeah, and AEW uh, doesn't have a good track record of. Uh slowing it down and making sure that nobody gets hurt like Sammy Guevara and fucking uh, Matt Hardy. Yeah. But here's possible people I would put with Sting. Obviously Cody Rhodes because I think he could work like his father and like his brother uh, uh, Goldust or Dustin. Uh, I think he would be a perfect pick for Sting's first uh, opponent. Ooh, what if we got Sting and Dustin? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, it's two old guys, but, like, hang hang on. (laughs) No, that makes sense. Like, I need to watch more Dustin and Sting in the 90s. Maybe something brews, you know what I mean? Maybe that's why he comes here. Uh I wouldn't put him with Darby. Darby needs to calm down with his uh, high-flying shit if he's going to face Sting. Yeah. Uh, Because I I think, one, that's going to be... Unless he's a mentor for Darby. Unless he's coming back uh, and he does a couple matches here and there and he teaches Darby how to do things. Like, if he's he's some type of manager... Jerial uh, role or maybe a face of the company, kind of like what he did with TNA for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I wouldn't mind that either, um, because I think Sting could do good things, especially when it's not <laughs> Impact doing things. You know what I mean? Because you have Tony Khan and other wrestlers that would be like, "Hey, this is kind of stupid. Don't do it." <laughs> yeah, but we'll we'll see. But let's get into even bigger news because Sting doesn't break the, the news for me. Uh, it was big, but I think this is bigger, especially when it's going against WWE. Uh, so John Moxley and Kenny Omega were the main event. Uh, and Don Callis came out in a match and he had like a microphone and he was about to say something. But Moxley like punches Don Callis. And Kenny Omega takes the microphone and busts it over the head of John Moxley and wins. Uh, which is a full heel now, in my opinion. That has to be full heel. Uh, 
So, so Don Callis uh, <laughs> gets up. Kenny Omega takes his belt. They run away in the backstage, all the way to uh, which, by the way, fucking Tony Schiavone uh, was like bullshit, bullshit, <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> which, by the way, this is not the first time he cursed on the microphone because <laughs> later in the day she he called fucking Britt uh, Baker a bitch. So <laughs> <laughs> he's finally come out. He's just he's done. He's yeah. just like she's such a fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny how he says it too. He goes, "She's a bitch." Like he says it like <laughs> very low, and then like J- J- Jr. is like, "Oh my god!" Like, oh my, <laughs> oh my, settle down, Tony. But anyway, he, he runs off, and they like they run like really, really fucking far away to like an actual like SUV and shit. And like, what you know, the Martinez guy, uh, one of the people that like talk interview people, he just yeah, comes, they, yeah, he just comes out of nowhere. Like, think think outside, you know the trailers and shit. Like he comes right around the corner. He's like, Kenny, Kenny, can I get a, can I get a, you know, interview with you? And Don Cows is like, we're gonna talk on Tuesday. And he's like, but Dynamite's on Wednesday. He's like. Yeah, we're going to be at Impact, and you'll know more of what me and Kenny's doing. See, Don Callis should have had a security detail to carry him away like Missy Hyatt. <laughs> yeah, that just like WCW, which we're going to talk about. God damn it, <laughs> with the Ric Flair stuff. Um, so here's my thing. I don't think it's a collab. I think it's going to be a full-blown Tony Khan has bought Impact. That could be interesting, maybe, yeah. Because there's a lot... Because remember what we said in, like, the beginning year of AEW? is like, they need a roster, right? And Impact yeah. Impact has a pretty decent roster, but it doesn't have the money to back it. Um, That's right. And Tony Khan has that money. I think they struck a deal... Uh, I just hope they don't do an invasion deal. I hope it's not like Don Callis is invading AEW and he turned Kenny Omega as like a, you know, an impact guy. That That's the only thing I don't want to happen. I mean, you have to make it a storyline, right? I don't yeah, I don't know if that would be a bad idea or not, just because I don't know enough about Impact's roster. Like I know some of the people on it. Mm. And I and I, I know some people they try to push his main event and stuff, like Moose and fucking like old Ken Shamrock. And uh uh I and you see I'm blanking after that already. I'm like, uh um Davy Richards, right? Or, what about what or about not, your what about your girl? Girl that oh, Dion Prazo. Well, I was thinking about men. I was thinking about the the the, oh. the male invasion uh, matches they could have primarily. But yeah, she's there. Uh, Emma's there. I would um, just with those two and with Dunda Rosa that that makes the fucking competition in women's ten times better now. Not saying yeah. better. Not saying better than WWE because WWE is always going to have the better women. But um, wow. Just if if that's what's gonna happen, I'm hype. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I don't know what it is. I, I, I have this like strange feeling it's going to be dumb and it's a one-off because Tony Khan is such a mark. Mm-hmm. But if it, if Don Callis is there, which by the way, if somehow they mix the commentary team and get Excalibur off of fucking commentary, I'll be happy because <laughs> Don Callis is such a great commentator. Hmm. I have to hear him. I haven't really heard him yet. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of New Japan, so that's why I I know what he is. Uh, especially when he came with Chris Jericho, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, kill Kenny Omega." <laughs> so I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on Impact? You think you think this is going to be a good move? You think you think it's great that. They might be teaming up to possibly put because if it if it pushes WWE if it pushes Vince McMahon to do things, this is good for us because that means Vince McMahon is going to do something. Yeah, if this leads to them get more ratings or something like they can like mix their audience and I don't know how big Impact's audience is anymore, but I get the feeling it's not that big. Mm-hmm. But if even if they could like get another at least 300 400,000 more viewers or something. I could do something because then all of a sudden they're start they would be approaching ratings for like raw cuz raw ratings have dropped that low now. They're down to like 1.8 and 1.6. Mhm. So <laughs> um I don't if this is a collaboration thing and they're just kind of like doing a uh kind of like a new Japan WCW deal or whatever. Cool. If it's a buyout, which I'm not sure about, I don't, I don't know if, if they were ever on the table for a buyout, uh, that would be interesting too. Yeah. I guess that's the only way impact can be defeated is to get bought out. Yeah. <laughs> Cause they still, they, they're still here. Yeah. They're the cockroaches of fucking wrestling, right? Basically. People, people have said like TNA and Impact should have been gone a long time ago. People uh, basically stopped trying to predict when they died because they've been it, it's just been around for so long. I remember every year for ten years, people were like, "This is it. This company's going under this year. It's fucked." <laughs> just quit. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting because now Kenny Omega's heel. Uh, I saw less jazz hands in this match, by the way. Yeah, this is more suited to him, in my opinion. This and him goofing off less. This leads to him being less goofy and fucking more, more of a shitty, irritating heel, which I think he could be. And it seems like that might be what they're trying to do with him. Yeah, the this, only this could maybe work. The only problem that Kenny has, and I will say this is a problem because in Japan it's easy to do like anime-esque bad guy voice promos in Japan. And that's what Kenny did, and I hope he doesn't do in America. Because if if you're like, I'm Kenny Omega, I'm the cleaner. Like, (laughs) no. That won't work here. (laughs) That won't work here. It'll work for the fucking audience that they have, but they're never going to expand it with that kind of shit. Yeah. Maybe Don Callis is going to be the mouthpiece, maybe. I don't know. Mm, that could be that could be something. Yeah. Um 
Oh, what I was going to say about Sting is if if it's a collab or even if it's a buyout, what if Sting is for Impact? <laughs> what if Sting just appears on Impact and interferes with that segment? Yeah. <laughs> Sting's so. back in the Impact Zone! What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Or like Sting is like back in... He's semi invading, but it, like showing like impacts back, baby, or whatever. And what I mean by impacts back, I mean impacts back when like Kurt Angle, Sting, and all when it was actually good in 2006. Yeah, uh, but uh, I don't know. I I'm this is the first time in a long time where I'm actually gonna tune in for impact. And Dynamite next week. Hmm. So, Tuesday and Wednesday. So, and by the way, since we are streaming on Twitch right now, and, and since Impact streams on Twitch right now, <laughs> uh, I, I might, like, do a live reaction of what Kenny Omega and Don Callis is doing on Tuesday. Oh, wait. We have our podcast. Never mind. Can't do it. <laughs> Can't do that. <laughs> anyway. Oh well. Is there any other news? I something with um WWE? Yeah, I've got two other really small things. Um okay. one is uh Triple H gave an interview recently where he was saying that WWE is open to uh working with other promotions now. Which there's already kind of been a precedent for that a little bit before they just bought Evolve. Yeah. Because uh, they were hosting Evolve pay-per-views on their network uh, until they got bought out. And probably ROH, right? Maybe. I haven't really heard any rumblings about that. But, um, I mean, that's who, who else is there left to work with that they would work with? NWA? Maybe. That's a possibility, too. They just came out with another show recently. It's called Shockwave. I think it's them just trying to put out, like, what? matches they've been able to do uh since everything's kind of shut down yeah they showed highlights of nick nick aldis and mike bennett match which yeah, uh, i didn't watch it yet i was gonna try to it was okay yeah i would it, it we need the studio back but you know i don't know when things are gonna go back to normal <laughs> um let's see yeah he didn't really give any specifics it was just kind of him kind of saying hey yeah we're willing to do this if the deal's right, the time's right, blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of interesting that he just came out and said that, though. Um, and the other thing is, is uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. is a free agent now in wrestling. He was signed to MLW, and they, his contract expired, and they never signed him back. Well, I know Brian Pillman Jr. and him are friends. So I, could, yep. I, could, I can see him going to AEW. Um. Uh, both of them, if they both both go and they can be a team or some shit or whatever, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I mean, NXT is good, but I kind of want to wait. Uh, if if any wrestler listens to our podcast, uh, if you need money right away, I mean, I guess WWE is the way to go. You'll get paid even if you're sitting catering. Um. But 
I think right now with chances, it's other promotions. I think Impact, AEW, even New Japan. Um, going to WWE, and if you're thinking like you're going to be the next Stone Cold Steve Austin, you're you're going to have another thing coming. Unless you're like, <laughs> unless you're like way over. But then again, even if you're way over, uh, it has to be made by Vince McMahon and, and creative. It can't be created by you. I don't even think anybody's way over, yeah. <laughs> like right now at all. Well, there... Not really. And it's hard to tell now, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so especially when they're piping in fucking booze and cheers on fucking TV. Yeah, I just mean in general, like across the board, I don't think there's anybody currently wrestling right now that could really move the needle like that if anybody got picked up. It's just going to be like a cumulative effort kind of thing at this point. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. I I just hope. I just hope whatever happens uh, with this alliance that's happening with AEW and Impact, it it nudges at Vince McMahon and be like, oh shit, um, they're catching up now. We need to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when Vince is at the top of his fucking game. Uh, is when he's getting. You hear, you hear that, John Cena? Go to AEW. Oh jeez. If that <laughs> if that happens, holy crap, dude. That would never that, happen, but like that, yeah, it would be like that would be something that would do something actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh my god, John Cena's all elite. <laughs> what the fuck? Is, ah! I mean, say what you want about John Cena, but like you can't deny that. That would do something. Yeah. Uh that that's the part where either A Vince is going to go fucking crazy and need to do something or B, he's going to ban John Cena forever. Like he's going <laughs> to get like cri- macho man. <laughs> Not even macho. He'll be Chris Benoit. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, macho man didn't do any crimes or anything other than a, a crime against Vince McMahon. Apparently <laughs> that's why I said he'll be like macho man for like 20 years. He'll be es- estranged and they'll don't, don't mention his name in my presence. Yeah. Kind of shit. <laughs> well, it's 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 interesting that we have wrestling news to talk about. We we haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, it's been like a few months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as far as fans coming back, uh, apparently cases are going up again, and who knows? I know that AEW is the only one that has fans in the crowd right now. Yeah. Uh, that's because it's Florida. I just don't fucking expect there to be any fans to like fucking late next year. I'll be yeah. shocked if they can even get some in the middle of next year. Yeah. Maybe summertime. Who knows? Because we got the vaccines coming. Um all right. I think it's time to get into this uh, uh this WWF Raw, unless you have other news. Nope, it's it. Oh boy. What the fuck was Rob Barlett Barlett wearing, by the way? Uh, he was wearing some stupid shirt, and they, for some reason, they felt the need to show it and make a brief segment out of that. And he's still not funny. And I hated his fucking intro th- to kick off the show. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Well, I did learn something." And there's like a bunch of fans behind him, and there's like some of them up in the stands that have a multi-letter sign. You know how fans will take letters and they'll spell something. Yeah. Uh, they spelled out like Hogan or whatever. 
And he's like, wrestling fans can spell. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> it's pretty much like, was that, was that supposed to be funny to me? <laughs> I, why, I think at this point, they're just waiting for his contract to end or something, or maybe him to say fuck it because he looked like he didn't want to be there. He looked and sounded like he didn't want to be there even more than usual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, that pissed me off. And then we just go into a match pretty much. Bam Bam Bigelow. A- Bam Bam Bigelow and Scott Taylor. So, wait, Scotty Too Hotty, right? Um, I don't know. Th- I don't think it's him. Let me check that. What do you think of this match, though? Um, I always love Bam Bam Bigelow matches. Um, but uh, he, I, I, I thought I heard Rob Barlett fucking say how big he is again. Uh, like he was pointing that out. Um, but Bam Bam Bigelow could fucking fly, dude. His matches. Oh, yeah. I love his high flying shit. And by the way, yeah, that is Scotty Too Hotty. Oh my god, it, it, it just didn't look like him at all. I mm-hmm. thought, I guess I'm used to him looking ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know, it was, it was a nice quick match. I just, it wasn't member, it wasn't memorable enough to be, I was just, I just popped a little bit for Bam Bam Bigelow because I love Bam Bam. So. I mean, it was, it was a squash. It was something to make Bam Bam look good. And mm-hmm. it, it made him look good because he got to do his shit and it was good. Yeah. I like how he just headbutted the fuck out of him. That was the finish. He like <laughs> headbutted. He did a flying headbutt from one side, got back up, and just did another one from a standing position. Then went to the other side of the ring and did another one and pinned him. I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> you just overkilled him with headbutts. Okay. Yeah. Um. What I noticed, especially like in this night, like especially we were gonna get up to the six man tag, like that pretty much was the only match that was an actual match. The other ones were yeah, just Yeah, that, that felt like it. a match, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. What's after that? Oh, yeah. The the sit-down interview with, with Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon is after this. Um, it, was, it was interesting. I... It, it was different than any other promo out there because... They talked about the steroid thing, and... They didn't really come out and say it, but, like, he was referencing it, you know? hmm And, you know, he was just saying, like, Hulk Hogan is, you know, human. He makes mistakes, and... Uh, I don't know. It was... it was If they'd done this and maybe, like, a little bit of the promo later, I'd, I'd be fine with Hulk Hogan being in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, because like I, I thought this was a really good interview actually because Hogan's never really sat down and talked like this before, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. He's always just typical Hulk Hogan, you know. Well, let me tell you something, brother. And he gets really bombastic and he's talking for like three minutes and does his promo. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. It just felt like really low key and like it felt kind of real and he, it felt like he was being sincere. And I think they might, they could have had something with this if they went with this thing where it's like, oh, you know, the Hulkster, he's he's kind of making a comeback. He realizes he's made some mistakes, brother. 
and he's just going to be a, like a more humble Hulkster now. Like he Adam, feels like he's still got something to prove. I don't, I don't know if you remember Adam, but Adam said, "But did he drop the end bomb? Not in this, not not in this interview. Not yet. That's that's like uh, uh, twelve years from now. Twelve or no, uh, it's fourteen years from now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and I I love how like you see a picture in between Vince and uh, Hulk Hogan, and you just see like steroid out fucking Hogan. And then you see skinny fucking Hogan sitting in the chair. Yeah, and I was like, oof, that really puts it into perspective. That was bad optics, whoever thought of that. Yeah, but, I don't know what they were thinking there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then right after that, we get into our, our big match of the evening. <laughs> Shawn Michaels and the Beverly Brothers versus the Nasty Boys and Tatanka. I don't like the Nasty Boys. I never really did either. Um, I, as a heel team, they're more tolerable. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because there's work always skews to working like a heel, and it showed in this match. Because uh, there were several times where they were like, they're supposed to be baby faces, but they just keep doing heel shit, and they can't pull that off. Yeah, they're not fucking Austin or like somebody like that who can do heel shit as a baby face, and it's still okay. <laughs> I and I get they're the nasty boys, but I, I I don't like the rubbing the faces and the armpits and stuff. The pit uh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But I, the fucking Tatanka dude, he's always high energy. Yeah, he fucking injected some life into this. Him and Sean both were doing some stuff in this that helped make it more bearable. And hey, the Beverly Brothers sold pretty well during this match. I gotta yes. say. I, I wasn't disip- <laughs> I wasn't disappointed with the Beverly Brothers. I was more disappointed with the Nasty Boys than anything. Yeah, because uh, I was just like, oh, this is terrible, dude. And then like Tatanka and Shawn Michaels, I was like, yeah, this is where this is where it needs to be for a while, which it, it was because it's like, all right, we got to put the good guys in there, and then get back to the fucking bad bad guys. And I'm not talking heel faith. I'm just saying that they're bad in my opinion. Yeah, like. Like some of the highlights in this match was like in the beginning they all just start brawling and then Sean gets back dropped out of the ring immediately and yeah. he hits the his leg lands on like the friggin' announcer desk mm-hmm. and I think Rob Bartlett says very disingenuously that was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life like, fuck you <laughs> but is um, is, or is, is, is Rob Bartlett fucking alive or something it's I want to see. I think he still is. Because <laughs> I was I'm trying not... to look him up before. Because I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, I've never heard of him. Rob Bartlett. Let's see what we got here. Oh, he still looks fucking stupid. Even old. He looks stupid and old now. So he's from Brooklyn, New York. And like, God damn it. Like, Vince is like, oh, we got to get somebody from New York. Rob Bartlett. Yeah. And... <laughs> he's funny. He's yeah. pretty funny, pal. I bet you he said like some like racist things. Like probably said something like with Jewish people. He's like, ha 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 ha. He said something about Jewish people, and you're like, hired. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Um, <laughs> I know that. Uh, let's see. Jerry Sags can't sell because he's too busy sucking wind. 
Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Like, it, like he was supposed to be selling and he just couldn't. He was just getting hit and nothing could register because he's too busy trying to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck. Um, they can't work, though. They they just do, like, all the this, this stuff that they would used to do. And they just don't have the psychology to be a baby-faced team. And it's fucking weird. Because mm-hmm. they feel outdated at this point, too. Like, the Nasty Boys fit in in the 80s, kind of. Because it kind of felt like it kind of was playing off of that gang shit in the eighties. Somewhat. I felt like, yeah, they look like guys that would be in a movie that you'd see down an alley in fucking New York or Pittsburgh or some shit. Well, they look like, <laughs> wow. I'm, I... <laughs> I'm saying like some fucked up shit, but they look like lesbian dykes and all that stuff. I always used to think in my brain, like they were something about them reminded me of bebop and Rocksteady. <laughs> yeah except they're like not as likable <laughs> adam um, adam says indian now would be feather head man and then he said 80s equal dirty old working men <laughs> <laughs> let's see uh tatanka comes in he fires up on sean he gets the crowd moving and he makes a comeback and he hits a top rope shot and then the Nasty Boys take the Beverly's out, and Sean tries to do a teardrop suplex, and Tatanka rolls him up and gets three, and that's the match. Yeah. I, I really want to shout out Tatanka, because every time he... You know, <laughs> I hate to make this comparison, but you know like how in Kenny Omega he does his like little hand movements and then like runs like he has like a stance? Uh, Tatanka has like that... You know, Indian like get up where he's like running and shit. He does like a, a rain dance. He's he's doing like the gallop thing, yeah. But that's I don't know. It's not like it's different. It, no, somehow. I, that's why <laughs> that's why I said I'm like I hate comparing it, but that's the first guy that's coming to my head right now. Yeah, it's not like fucking pointing to the rope and then doing this exaggerated anime run. <laughs> he's, just, he's like Tatanka's supposed to be an Indian, mm-hmm. and he he might be for all I know. Like he kind of looks like he is legitimately. Like when you look at him, um, yeah. I mean, in the face and stuff, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. This was okay, but it felt like a superstars match. It felt like something that would come on when you would watch superstars. I gave it a five out of 10. It was an average match. Yeah. That was what I did. Gave it to. <laughs> then there was more fat jokes because there was a fat card girl. Oh yeah, I was like, what the... "This is the second time you've done that, guys!" Like, come on. But what do you call it? Um, I don't know what it is about Vince making fun of fat. Never mind. Why am I even saying that? Because Vince thinks fat people are funny. Yeah, except and... Yokozuna, he's not funny. Well, Steiner hates fat people. Scott, yeah, but he's he's in on it though. Yeah, because you're fat. <laughs> He's fat! <laughs> Just settle down, all right? Come on. You want to tell I was seeing donuts! The only way Samoa Joe would be scary is if you covered me in Twinkies and Cheetos! <laughs> God damn. Oh, man. Um, hold on a second. Is it, This is where we get the promo now, right? Or is that after Crush uh, and Terry Taylor? Yeah, that's after uh, Crush and Terry Taylor. There's two things during this match. One, 
Crush looks okay at best. Some of the stuff he does is a little awkward, and some of it looks pretty good. Then his finisher sucks. <laughs> I just can't buy it. I guess it's the crush. They don't really say what it is. It's like, is it the crush? Is it the skull crush? Is it the brain crush? Because <laughs> it's just, it's the thing you always see giants do, except this guy's a big guy, but he's not a giant. Yeah. Like, he looks like, I think Crush was like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, maybe maybe even 6'7", but that's still not really a giant. Um, I just, why are they pushing Crush? Is this they, for the... they just did. <laughs> uh, just... I, I can see it. He's like a big guy. He's got kind of a look to him. Uh, they're probably looking for that next big baby face guy, you know? That's what Vince was trying to do at the time. Don't scare kids, brah. Yeah, bro. I mean, uh, Terry Taylor wasn't scaring kids, though. He was just trying to be an asshole, and he just couldn't do anything. He got, like, a couple moves off. Mm. It was a squash. Yeah, I didn't give it a review. It, it looked like Crush was kind of over, though, because if you notice, like, in the crowd, when Crush was doing his shit, they would cheer for him a little bit, and then when he did the, cr- the Crush, there was all the kids being like, yeah, the Crush. I'm like, real okay, I guess he's kind of over. Just just imagine in the nineties, you're just like all these great superstars, and you're just like I I love the Crush. Well, Sean's a heel right now, and he's very entrenched in that territory, and people don't really like him. I think only women kind of like him for obvious reasons. Because but he's, um, because he's cute, and he because he's because he's doing the Chippendale shit. He's a pretty boy asshole. <laughs> so, um. And then during this, at some point in this match, Rob Bartlett started doing a really shitty Arnold impression. And they acted like they were talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm like, it was a bad Arnold impression. It wasn't even that good. I'm like, what the fuck are you all that goddamn it, Vince? <laughs> I, 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 I just said, I, I literally hate Rob Bartlett. Um, Rob Bartlett, yeah. if you, if you listen to this podcast somehow, um, I I hope you never become a comedian again, even though you're really old. Like, like I hope I hope you're not getting any gigs at this point. I don't see how he could. He wasn't fucking funny back then. <laughs> like, uh, and I'm be I'm trying to be I, I try to be objective when I look at everything and the the time it came in, mm. you know. And he's not making me laugh any. No, and it's not even like all oh, his jokes are in bad taste because. I, you you cannot, you almost cannot offend me with a bad taste joke. It's impossible. Well, Macho <laughs> Man, Macho Man's funnier than him, and he's sometimes it's not, it's not even like he's being funny either. Give me that microphone, yeah. Give me the microphone. He's funny in the fucking Slim Jim commercial. Chips, <laughs> and he like rips up a bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love that commercial. <laughs> I need beef, spice, yeah. Yeah. Um. After this, though, uh, the Hulkster comes down and he cuts that rambling fucking promo. That's what I was doing. It's I said brother a lot more than he did in quicker uh, instances, mm-hmm. but he said brother a lot in this promo. Like if you would have made a drinking game out of it, where Hulk, every time Hulk Hogan says brother, you take a shot, you would have went to the goddamn hospital. You might have died. I think he said brother like fifteen times or some shit. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and this is all within the span of like 
10 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes. You know what really annoyed me more than Hulk Hogan was Brutus Beefcake coming out with his little yellow and red getup. And then <sighs> I really think it's funny that remember the storyline when he came back, he's like, he reconstructed his face because of the accident that he had. And then fucking money and money ink just came in and just threw a fucking suitcase at his fucking face and fuck up his face again. He looks, he, he looks stupid. (laughs) Well, it's probably makeup. Like they made, all right, we're going to make it look like they actually broke your nose. Mm -hmm. And they gave him this big comical fucking bandage over his face like this. It covers up this much of his face. It's not a hand, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And, uh, like, I don't know. He's mugging and shit for the camera. He's being even more of a ham than what he was last week or the week before last, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's funny because that angle they did was like actually pretty well done, I thought, during that match. Yeah. And and then yeah. this is, he's, he comes out and he's wearing fucking red and yellow and he's fucking sucking up to Hulk and and then J- they call Jimmy Hart out brother because he put away his life on the line brother and then Jimmy Hart says we're the mega maniacs and this is going to be the greatest tag team of all time and I'm like that didn't age well <laughs> yeah because um, I actually watch uh, I don't know if you watch wrestle bios on YouTube I don't think I have so they talked about the infamous WrestleMania 9, which we're gearing up to soon. with, um, And literally the Mag- Mag- Maniacs do nothing. They're, what? They're showcased on house shows because Hulk Hogan... Uh, spoiler alert. Wait, should we talk about that or wait until the actual WrestleMania? Or who cares? Because uh, because it already happened. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I think everybody knows Hulk Hogan comes in after Bret Hart loses to Yokozuna and gets the title. Yeah, so pretty much, Hulk Hogan gets the title, goes away on TV for a while, goes to fucking New Japan, right? Uh, and pretty much calls the WWF title a toy. I didn't and, know about that actually. <laughs> yeah, and. Then came back, and the 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 storyline that they were going to have for Mega Maniacs, whatever the fuck they're called, uh, was supposed to be big. They were supposed to get the titles and stuff, and they would just Vince didn't like it and put them on the house shows, pretty much. And I because, don't blame him. And because Hulk Hogan wanted to do, do he thought he was a movie star brother. Fuck, it didn't go anywhere. I mean, yeah, he was in some movies for a little bit, but it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> little did he know. Yeah. Um God. But yeah, this was just fucking self-indulgent jet jerk off material for Hogan. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it didn't need to be over ten minutes long. Like, this promo could have been five minutes. It could have uh, been he... Hulk Hogan comes out and he says his shit and then he's like, I wanna invite some brothers to the ring right now. Bruce Beefcake and Jimmy Hart, and they come out together. And then Bruce says a line, and then Jimmy Hart says, "We're the Mega Maniacs, fucking Daddy. Here we go." And set. Yep. And they all <laughs> they all just pretty much repeated each other. Yeah. And interrupted 
most of the Undertaker and Skinner match, which which we never saw. Yeah, that's like right after this, Vince says something about, oh, we're running out of time. And we come back and we see Skinner punching Undertaker. It's like, oh, we're still running out of time. We'll be back. (laughs) And then it's like, guys, we're out of time. (laughs) It shows Skinner like jumping off the apron. He tries to like choke Undertaker with a a rag or something. And he kind of fucks up and slips into the security rail and almost runs Taker through the security rail. (laughs) And I was just like, his punches weren't that good either. I'm like, "Eh, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm glad we didn't see this. Yeah, but I wonder if like they were telling them like, oh, dude, run out of time. So I wonder if maybe they were... I, maybe they were felt rushed and they were Skinner was like, oh shit, you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't comfortable. Maybe, but I haven't seen. Uh, I know what the Undertaker is going to become, but like I haven't seen a good Undertaker match yet. You don't. There yeah. aren't any. Yeah. For, years it's undertaker doesn't start having good matches really until like i want to say late 95 or 96 even probably 96 is is when he doesn't actually start having good matches unless he happens to get in the ring with bret hart or really it's when mick foley comes into wwf is when he actually starts having good matches yep um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right off the bat. I'm giving this a four out of ten. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I watched this before you, and then I was like, "This was rough." This is like probably one of the worst shows I've actually seen in a while, just in general. Yeah, because this is and keep in mind, Vince always does this, which annoys me. I understand why he does it, like you know what made you money could still make you money. Um, so when he came back in 93, I think that's what he was thinking. It's like Hulk Hogan was big in, in the eighties. He's going to make me money in the nineties, which it never happened because he thought he was going to be a movie star. Uh, and he's not, he, uh, face it. I mean, he, he does, he does show up in WCW and make a name for himself, but the the yellow and red was stale. Nobody cared about the Hulkster anymore. Yeah, people. I mean, people may or may not forget there was a good three year period almost where Hogan was just spinning his wheels, mm-hmm. <laughs> not really doing much in WCW. He like he he first came in, he kind of had a little bit of traction, but it was like it kind of died off. Um, and, and then when see, he yeah. and then when he came to. After when WCW was bought and like the, they brought the NWO uh, in the WWE, like that's another time where Vince was kind of pushing him a lot, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just I felt really aggravated and bored by the show. <laughs> just, yeah, my last line was "Give me something to work with here" because there weren't a lot of matches. There was just like uh, you know squashes and then that really lame tag match in the middle. I mean, it wasn't bad. It was just kind of like, it felt like superstar stuff. Yeah. Oh. Why did that happen? God damn it. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. I don't know why that happened. <laughs> uh, So I guess let's get into something that's good. Yeah. WCW Saturday Night. Uh, 
start with uh we have Jesse Ventura and T- Tony Schiavone again, which is eh. I guess that means JR is gone. Yeah. Uh, they don't they don't mention him anymore at all. He's just not there. So I guess he's gone. <laughs> so we got the first match, the Cole Brothers versus uh the Wrecking Crew. Yeah, we've seen Keith Cole before in a couple of matches as a job guy. But now his brother Kent is here and he looks exactly like him. Like there is no difference. <laughs> they even have the same haircut. Like I kept hoping, like, please tell me he's got the same haircut as him, please. And he does. <laughs> uh I I love the Cole brothers, by the way. I hope this is gonna be a like well, let's put it out there. Like, Wrecking Crew is not the team anymore to beat. It doesn't seem like it based on this match. It's like, like at first you think, okay, the Cole brothers are going to fucking job. They got Keith's other brother in, and he's direct. they're going to smash Wrecking Crew over. That's not really what happens at first. It's like, okay, they get a little bit of baby, off, baby face offense, and then it becomes kind of competitive. Yeah. The Cold Brothers physique versus the Wrecking Crew look good uh, because, I mean, the, the other dudes are just fat with muscles, and these guys are just tall and are ripped. Um, yeah, they're like pretty tall, athletic guys that look like they work out. You know, they're not like jacked, but they they look good. Mm-hmm. So, what do you like about the match? Um, it really, I, I liked that it, the Coles just surprised me how, how much offense they got. That was really the thing that, that did it. And then like everything they did was solid. It was like, it was, you know, I would, I don't mean to make it sound like it's not good or interesting, but it was like typical, you know, wrestling stuff, you know, like they do hip toss, arm drag, drop kick, you know, and they, they do some really basic, just good solid wrestling stuff for a while oh there's headlocks in this match oh well i saw i I said i see the powerhouse wrecking crew has been practicing headlocks Mm -hmm. like you guys are the fucking powerhouse team why are you headlocking people (laughs) like you should headlock a guy to shoot him off or some shit why are you like fucking rage yeah his rage he's like he, he goes for a headlock and just keeps it on for a while i'm like you're that's like if the fucking I'm not trying to say they're like the Road Warriors, but they're a team that is like the Road Warriors is what I feel like they're trying to do. Yeah. And they didn't do shit like that. <laughs> I the Cole brothers, I what I really like about them is that they're in tune. Um they sync pretty well. Uh, just how they like, you know, flip and then they do the leg drop or whatever submission they're doing. It looks smooth. Like when it's fury and rage and all that stuff, it's like, I get it that they're wrecking crew and they're trying to like wreak havoc and all that stuff. But like, (laughs) I I, I think we're starting to see the cracks in that team. Uh, I think this match exposed them because like, you just thought Keith Cole was like a job guy. Mm hmm. And then his brother's there, and then you think it's going to be a job match. And it's like, no, these guys are smooth. Everything they do was, like, good. It was well executed. And they sold good, too. Both of them did. Yeah, what I do want to say is 
Jesse and Tony should stop doing the same jokes over and over again. Because after the 10th, is that Keith or Ken? <sighs> yeah. And they do that after the match, too. <laughs> Which, by the way, like, I I didn't get too mad at it. Because I was like, all right, Jesse and Tony, stop it. I get it. We don't know who's who. I don't know who's who. But it's a good match. And then, like, the promo happens, and he's like, I'm Keith. No, that's Kent. And I'm like, that's funny. I It was, it, it was kind of funny when they did it, yeah. Yeah. But... <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm really digging the Cole brothers, and so are the Cole brothers heel. Is Jesse I don't, likes it? I don't think. No, I don't think they're heel. Uh, they didn't. They weren't portrayed that way in the match to me. This is this is back when things made sense. Still, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I guess Wrecking Crew's lost their push, though. Yeah, I think they're <laughs> down in the ladder now. Yeah, because at first they were like. These guys are going to fight Steamboat and uh, fucking uh, Shane Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I forgot his name for a second. I'm like, that fucking guy I don't like, Shane Douglas. It's okay. Um, no, nobody likes him. Uh, but and then there's like, no, they were going to fight the, the rock and roll. And then it was like, nope. Now they, they lost to Z-Man and Johnny Gunn. Then they lost to the Cole brothers. <laughs> What's next? Mark Marcus Alexander Bagwell. No, he's later. <laughs> Marcus Alexander Bagwell is on the show. The 1992 WCW Rookie of the Year is on the show. Um, <laughs> it's two cold Scorpio at Shanghai Pierce. And there's there's not much to say about this. Uh, it was border a borderline squash, but I I did score it. Because there was more stuff happening in it. Well, no, no. Did uh, we did we score the first match? Oh, we didn't. We got yeah. ahead of ourselves. What did you score the last one? Uh, I actually gave this a five point five out of ten because I was like, it's average. Uh, I was just happy about the Cole brothers. I I think they. I want to see more of them. I yeah, see me what too. They that, do. I had the same reaction as you. I'm like, if if they were fighting some other team, like I feel like they could have a pretty decent match with. Uh, you know, Austin and Pillman maybe or something. Yeah. If they face Austin and Pillman and they like get crushed, then they're just another jobber crew that killed fucking wrecking crew somehow. <laughs> so <laughs> Um Yeah, and this the Scorpio Shanghai match, uh, I, I, there's not much to say about it. Scorpio does more of his awesome high athleticism offense stuff. Yeah. And Shanghai tries to play a heel. And there was a cute spot I liked, though, where Tex and Shanghai tried to use a bull rope on um, Scorpio. But he just jumped into it when they had it stretched out and caused them to, like, headbutt each other. Mm-hmm. They were holding on to the ropes. And then he does that sweet corner twist leg drop, and he beats him, protecting his other finisher. Yep. <laughs> so uh, it was a fun little match, though. You said you gave it a score? I, I scored it because it, there was a little more heel offense here and there was some shit going on outside, so it felt more like a normal match than squash. I, I didn't give it a score. I kind of left it alone. That's okay. I gave it 6 out of 10. It wasn't like, oh, my God. And it's just like I was surprised. It was like, wow, Scorpio got like a – honestly, I just think it was entertaining just because he was in it because Shanghai Pierce is fucking boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And then there's a lot of really short matches on this show, but none of them are really bad except this one. Uh, um, so, so no, I I want to I want to point something out compared to WWF Raw and WCW Saturday Night. So we had a WWF Raw where it was like a match, a sit down with Hogan, a six man tag, then a squash match, and then a jerk off Hogan promo. WCW Saturday Night was different. It was match, 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 match promo, match, match, match promo. Yep, it, they kept that pattern for like three or four times. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, and all uh, the promos were good too. Yeah. <laughs> I I'm really interested to see where WCW just starts. I I wonder I wonder if I'm going to have a different opinion because I've always been a WWF guy. Uh mm-hmm. and then I got into WCW obviously when like Crow Sting and stuff was happening. Uh but I want to see if it maintains my interest in WCW uh from here on out. Is it going to dip? Might- I don't know because it seems like right now they got the advantage. Yeah, <laughs> and I wonder. Um, I wonder if I wonder if we're biased because of we're retrospecting because we know what some of them are and what they're capable of. And, um, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I always try to look back on things and consider like when it was. You know, mm-hmm. like I can't compare Austin's work to how he's working now to what he eventually became because he's a totally different wrestler at this point. Oh, he was way better in, in his prime back then than what he was in WWF when he was actually uh, red hot or white hot, as they call it. Yeah, because like here he just works totally different. He he works more like a chicken shit heel kind of. Mm-hmm. Like he like it seems like he's a little tougher and stronger in Pillman, but he just does still typical chicken shit heel shit. Like when somebody gets a hot tag, he's like ah ah. <laughs> it's just really <laughs> funny to see him do. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the batch that we're going to see soon. Yeah. Uh, so Johnny B. Bad versus, was it Mustafa? Saeed. Saeed. And I have to give a shout out to Mustafa's Ribera Steakhouse jacket. That thing's sweet. I wish <laughs> yes. I had a Ribera Steakhouse jacket. <laughs> um, I don't know what annoys me about Johnny B. Bad. I, I, I think he's, I think his physique is good. I think, uh, I think I don't like the Little Richard gimmick. You don't like the Little Richard gimmick? I don't like the Little Richard gimmick. I think... You don't like him because he's the prettiest man in WCW. <laughs> Which they actually said that. Yeah. And I understand why he wasn't that great in WWF now. Compared to like... I mean, he was better in WCW compared to what he did in WWF. Um... But I I don't know, and there are times in this match uh, where he does like boxing. I don't know if you noticed that, by the way. It's because he's an amateur. He has a background in amateur boxing, actually. Yeah, because like I saw him like, you know, square up and stuff, and I'm like, I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, he's he's done that a few times as we've been watching. Mm -hmm. Um, I know later. He goes to WWF, he becomes Mark Merrow, and I, I was saying, like, this is just me remembering how he was in WWF. Because mm-hmm. first he was Wild Man Mark Merrow. 
and then later he turned into marvelous Mark Mero, where he was like a fucking some kind of UFC fighter hybrid or some bullshit is what they were trying to do with him. Well, he got screwed by Sable, and not sexually. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. I was I was gonna say, you know, honestly, I think if they just had Wild Man Mark Marrow and he didn't have his fucking wife with him, mm-hmm. he m- maybe could have got a little over. But that that seemed to just detract from everything he was doing. Yeah, because I don't think he's a. I think he's a pretty decent worker actually, and. He can get into character, obviously. He's playing up this little Richard shit to the hilt. Oh yeah, he 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 gets into it. I this that's just a personal thing. I don't I don't I just don't like I'm not saying I don't like Little Richard. Little Richard's great, but like I don't like it as a wrestling gimmick. Yeah, it's uh, kinda weird. Like that that he's like, What's your gimmick? Little Richard in like nineteen ninety three. Okay. <laughs> but uh man, this was just a this match was a cluster and it wasn't long, but you could tell there was just a lot of miscommunication going on. Like Mustafa just didn't know what the fuck to do or some shit. Yeah. And and, and I think it was mostly Mustafa's fault. In my opinion. I think it was because I could tell through the match that Johnny was getting pissed with him. (laughs) Like I I could tell. I think that's why he started doing the punches, by the way. Well, there was a couple shots he did after the first botch. I don't remember what they were doing, but like he fucked up and then Johnny just got up and just, he hit him hard. He swung his arm as hard as he could over his back. Mm-hmm. And then he like, and then he kind of just punched him in the face. And I was like, shit, he, he stiffened him. I get, and then he, he looked pissed like in his face and they fucked up a couple more moves. And the last one, he, he was trying to do a fucking crisscross thing. And then Mustafa slowed down and looked confused. Mm-hmm. And then he got, you could tell he was just fucking done with this shit because he just punched him in the face. He fell down and he sat on him and pinned him and he got up and he just looked mad. Yeah. I, w- I wonder if Mustafa got gassed because I'm actually looking at some of the video right now. Uh, and he looks totally gassed. It wasn't that long. I, I don't. <laughs> I guess. I guess Johnny B. Bad was too much for him. <laughs> I guess. I guess the prettiest man in WCW was too much for him. <laughs> it was uh, a bad match, and it was supposed to be a squash, I think. But I, I, it, it, it sucked. Hmm. I, I gave this a uh, four out of ten. I didn't score it. I just said it was bad. Oh, all right. It's okay. <laughs> You scored a match I didn't, and I scored one you didn't. Yep. Um, uh, so Missy Rick Hyatt, Missy Hyatt's still trying to get that interview with Ric Flair. <laughs> she can't get it. <laughs> he's he's like back there, the security guys, and this is like Ric Flair is here. I'm like, yes, Ric Flair is here. <laughs> it feels everything feels right again, and yeah, she's and like, like Ric Flair. They 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 pry her away, and she's he says something like, "We'll party later, Missy." Woo, like shit, like that, and it's over. Yeah. So, do you think she's eventually going to get that interview? I don't know. I actually, I was showing my friend something uh, like a week or so ago. I sent him a clip of later on. Flair does his, his interview, and it's awesome. And he says something about a flair for the gold. You know, he had like a talk show on there for a bit called that. Flair on the go? 
a, a flare for the gold. Oh. Um, oh, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, he has a talk show, and uh, <laughs> I showed him the segment because I was trying to show him what Austin was kind of like back back then. And Missy Hyatt's on it, and then she's like, she gets pissed, and she just comes onto the set and throws her shoes at Arn Anderson and yells at Ric Flair. <laughs> it's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> and she gets, she's like, you, like you had, you left me behind. This is like, that oh, was a crazy party, Missy. Oh, settle down. Like, <laughs> so I, I think this just goes on for a while. Uh, dude, you know what? I, I think I'm gonna. On my own personal time, or maybe if we do it in the show, I think we need to go back in WCW and just do like a whole WCW centric stuff at some point. Once we get yes. through, some point we should. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe after WrestleMania nine, <laughs> we'll we'll see. Um, but it was just a short little segment to show, hey, Ric Flair really is here. Um, and then we get the Hollywood Blondes. They're not calling them that yet. Versus the Z-Man and the J-Gun. You know, it's funny. uh, Because I I wonder if Stone Cold is like, they're messing around with the title of Hollywood Blondes. And he's just doing the camera uh, thing. Brian Pillman doesn't have anything. He just sits there and yells at the camera. He yells at the camera and laughs. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe uh, it could be something Austin's trying to get over. So I just I, I want to say this now. Um, was uh, Z Man and J Gun? Uh, I guess they're top stars now, right? Because they beat the Wrecking Crew. Uh, they're facing against uh, the number one contenders. Which, by the way, apparently this was supposed to be for number one contender again. Oh, I didn't catch that. Is that that happened? Yeah, because uh, at the end of the match, uh, Tony said, "You know, it's official. They're n- number one contenders again." So, I guess so. Because honestly, if you think about it, how many tag teams are actually in the tag team division right now? WCW. Yeah, not a lot. It's a, it's a lot of makeshift teams. So, mm-hmm. Z Man and Jay Gun are a makeshift team, but they seem more like a team than the others. <laughs> yeah, and to, I always took them to be mid card. Like, they're guys they can plug in if they need somebody that can work decent with a, a higher-up tag team. And then they're guys that can just have mid-card matches. And they're guys that can just squash some a heel jobber team to still make them look good when they need it. Yeah, so I want to say I think Z-Man and J-Gun uh, keep up with uh, the Holly. I'm going to call them the Hollywood Blondes. Um, yeah. Because they were definitely matching Stone Cold's uh, or Stunning Steve Austin's uh, tempo, uh, and especially Brian Pillman. Um, I, I want to say I love Brian Pillman's fake injury gimmick. He keeps pulling that, and Tony says that he does that every time. And <laughs> Jesse's like, he had a football injury. He played for the Bengals, remember? Like <laughs> He's like, yeah, but he does it in every match. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, he he opens up with him saying like he's pulling my hair, man, and Z Man's like no, and then he slaps Z Man, then Z Man slaps him back, and he fucking does a backflip, <laughs> <laughs> and they crisscross and arm drag each other. I always thought that was a cool spot when they, when the both guys try to arm drag each other, they just spin in the air, 
Mm -hmm. It's cool. Yeah, it looks pretty awesome when he does that. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a part. Uh, I don't know who's who. I always mix up J Gun and and Z Man, even though there probably is a difference. I just Z Man's got brown hair. He looks a little. He looks a little slimmer than than J Gun. Well, I think he also was... he also wrestles better. <laughs> well, who, what was the part? Was it Z Man who was uh, part of the injury gimmick of uh, Brian Pillman? Or was that J-Gun? I think that was when Z-Man was still in the ring. Yeah, but anyway, there was a spot where um, Brian Pillman was going to run to Z-Man, and it looks like he was going to like get out of the way, and Brian Pillman's like, see, I outsmarted him, and then like he turned around and he fell down on the ground to do the injury. I, I thought that was funny. I, 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 yeah. like, the, I like the comedy. Uh, and Brian Pillman has a great... Uh, fucking uh chop in my yes. opinion yeah he has probably one of the better chops i've seen um let's see what else i right here jay gun and austin do a one two in the corner and then jay gun starts punching the shit out of austin and then he, <laughs> he like stumbles around and goes to the wrong corner like he's gonna tag somebody and nobody's there <laughs> and then he gets schoolboy it just made me laugh I just, I'm, I'm not used to seeing him do stuff like that <laughs> um this this part made me laugh too, and it's like I think Jay Gunn's kind of green still. Like he's, I think he's not been wrestling that much because Z Man's better than him. Mm -hmm. I think he does the shitty karate kick, but like that's like the only thing he does bad in my opinion. <laughs> but there was this part in the match where like I think he was making a comeback, and then he looks to the crowd and he goes, "Yeah." <laughs> and then he does an Oklahoma roll. He does a roll up after doing that. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's not what a baby face does when they go, yeah, they pick him up and punch him and fucking do a backdrop or something. I like every time when um, the teammate of Jake and, and Z Man, like every time the referee's talking to like one of those guys, Austin and Pillman are just fucking around with the guy in the ring. Uh, Especially the part where like uh, Brian Pillman holds him by the legs and like Stone Cold's like rubbing the guy's face of the ropes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like Pillman will just run across the ring and swing at him and piss the other guy off. Then they'll run back and just double team him and shit. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I we don't have that a lot in anymore in in wrestling. No, it's just everybody wants to have the best fucking match ever. Nobody wants to look weak. They're afraid to look weak or look bad. And I'll get into more of that later. But yeah, um, the the only time like you see them do stuff is like when they do fucking outrageous like four fifty splash on somebody. Yeah. I'm like heels don't heels don't cheat enough anymore. They should. Um, let's see what I, I like to finish this match though too. Like Z Man gets a hot tag and cleans house, and then he does an O'Connor roll. That's mm -hmm. that roll up thing. They run. They both run to the ropes and do you know roll backwards. Yeah. Um, but Brian is like behind them and he jumps up and does air Pillman and hits Z Man in the back of the head. That's Brian Pillman's finisher, that flying clothesline. Yeah. And, and he's just out. He's dead. And then Austin pins him. Yeah. I like how Z Man like sold it too. Like yeah. after he got hit, like you see the slow motion where his eyes are rolled back and he just falls to the ground. Uh, 
And I was like, wow, okay. And that's how it ended. Like, if that happened today, even though, like, that's Brian Pillman's finisher, that would be a kickout, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, springboard clothesline is a regular move now. But back then, that was Air Pillman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I gave this match 6.75 out of 10. I gave, it a seven, I, I gave it a 7 out of 10. Mm. I was I was entertained. And I got to say, Z-Man and J-Gun and the Cole brothers surprising me in this episode. Yeah, it's funny because lately you've been down on Z-Man, the, the Z-Man and the J-Gun. I think they're getting a push, brother. <laughs> well, not a, um, not a not a push for the title, but you know what I mean. Yeah, they're getting, getting a re- little bit of a. You're getting something. Yeah. Um, up next is British Bulldog versus Sergeant Buddy Parker. I want. <laughs> I want to say right off the bat. Uh, <laughs> and this is not me pointing out like their color, but he looks into the stands, and all of a sudden, you just see a line of African Americans. And like British Bulldog is like, yeah, <laughs> like a good ten seconds. Yeah, it's uh, I don't I don't know if that was a thing with the the cop because he's an asshole Southern cop or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's they were trying to do, but all I could think was like I said, this was a squash. It was, it was a great showcase for Bulldog again against a low rent big boss man who does okay at selling because that's what this guy is. Like at this point in time. I don't think Sergeant Buddy Parker fucking predated the big boss man gimmick. And I want to say, like, his getup. All he's doing is wearing a shirt, like a, a cop shirt, and his gear is under there. Yeah, he and takes his cop shirt off. Yeah, that, and I'm, there it is. And that's where he has a singlet up on it. So I was like, no, right. dude, you got you to gotta wear your cop shirt. That's part of it. And then if you're, you're not going to be wearing a cop shirt anymore, you need to wear, wear riot gear and be a fucking asshole. <laughs> just mace fucking British Bulldog and then the Undertaker hangs you and you die <laughs> <laughs> well the Shanghai guy almost hung fucking two cold Scorpio they tried and Scorpio fucking said no brother and he fucking won <laughs> yeah. I, didn't give uh, this a, I didn't give this a score it was a squash yeah it was a squash it was fun though it was good um Bulldog goes to Tony, and then he, sh- he does a little promo where he says he does not need to prove himself because he's already done this everywhere else, and he wants Vader. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I want to see that match. And I love uh, British Bulldog's power slam, by the way. Better than Bra- uh, Braun Strowman. Yeah, he... I don't... <laughs> like, Braun Strowman's power slam is pretty good, but... Bulldog always executed it really well. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Batista would do a good version of that move too, actually, when he'd throw it out once in a while. Yeah. Um. See here, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, the WCW 1992 Rookie of the Year versus Mike Thor. Who is Mike Thor, by the way? Who has he been? I don't. I don't know. He's just nope. Mike Thor to me. He's just Mike Thor from uh, Orange Park, Florida. Oh, it's they keep fi- saying he's from like fucking Wyoming or some shit. <laughs> uh, it says Florida. Oh, well, who cares? Who cares? It's Mike Thor. Um, Marcus Alexander Bagwell seems to be improving a little. It was a solid squash to help keep him over. Yeah, is it? 
it, it just I I want to bring this up because it what happened to him? Like he becomes this guy who looks fucking amazing in his body, right? Yeah, he's got a great look right now. He's like fucking he's pretty jacked and he he's got I mean, I could say this, I'm I'm comfortable. Uh he's a pretty good looking guy, you know? This looks like somebody you could push to like get women interested and shit and all that kind of stuff. But do you, do you see what he becomes? Buffy <laughs> well, stuff. Yeah, like, well, then he gets into a team called American Males, and I forgot who his fucking tag team partner was, but their fucking theme song was hilarious. <laughs> American Males, American Males. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> But then later he just turns into a douchebag. He just looks like a fucking douchebag when he becomes buff Bagwell. Maybe that was part of the point. Well, he he does the roids and he just looks like an idiot. And he wears that stupid hat. Yeah. This big fucking top hat. And he just, he wears those douchey looking 90s sunglasses. I'll link you a video, but like the YouTuber that I watch wrestling bios or wrestler, fuck wrestle bios. Uh, he they, he did a cameo for <laughs> Russell Bios and because he did a thing about uh Buff Bagwell, uh, and dude, he sounds like Steve-O from fucking Jackass now. I don't know if he do- he's done drugs. He's like, "Hello, I'm uh, Buff the Stuff Bagwell," and I'm like, "What the fuck?" You know, he was a male escort for a while. Yeah, I don't know if he still is or not, but. He he had kind of a rough go of it recently. He got into some, he got in a bad car accident or some shit. He may or may not have been under the influence of something at the time, and he got kind of laid up for a while. Mm-hmm. Hope he's hope he's doing good though. I mean, I guess we'll see along the way. But like Marcus Alexander Bagwell, like he could be the face of the company. He's a guy they could push. I don't know about face of the company, but he's definitely like somebody that they could push further. And because his work's decent, actually, I'm surprised yeah. at how good he, of a worker he is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Oh, finally, Tony interviews Ric Flair, and it's amazing. It's just like the old NWA promos he did in the '80s again. Mm-hmm. Just, just go watch Ric Flair promo. Type that in YouTube, and it's it's amazing. You can watch that shit for like hours. There's Missy Hyatt again. Missy Hyatt tries to get him, and he's like, "No, no, Missy, we'll, we'll party later, baby." Woo! And he fucking just—he says some other shit. Like he comes in with women, and there's security guards, and really, Ric Flair pumps some juice into this show, and he does this segment, and he basically just says, "Everybody, all the single title guys, better watch out, because I'm the man. To be Woo. the man, woo! You gotta beat the man, woo! Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> So what he pretty much said, he's like, Barry Windham um, has a champion. Dustin has a championship. Uh, Vader has Vader. a champion. Vader has a championship. And I just said, woo. I like Vader and Ric Flair. I mean, if Sting couldn't beat him, how's Rick going to beat him? Hey, that happens later this year. I guess we'll not, see. I'm not saying Rick beats him. I'm saying they have a match later this year. Yeah, so... But, um, hey, all I'm those like, matches sounded good, though, on paper. Yeah, I kind of want to see Barry versus Ric Flair. Um, I kind of want to see Dustin and Rick, too. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe we'll uh, get those matches. Now, Missy Hyatt, by the way, what if she's like actually dangerous? That's why the security guards are trying to like get her. Like she has a knife hey, and she wants to stab Ric Flair. Missy Hyatt did beat Paul Heyman in a match. Really? So she did beat a man in a wrestling match. <laughs> hey, maybe they knew. They uh they time traveled. Ric Flair has a time traveling machine. Woo! <laughs> the woo machine. <laughs> okay, so after this is Max Payne and TC Carter. And I just have to say, TC Carter looks like a fucking 70s pimp. <laughs> and I'm just like, this dude's look is crazy, but like, okay, let's see what happens. And can we discuss, because I, again, I we didn't watch this. We, we I mean, we just watched this for the show, but when we were watching Super Brawl 3, I said, it looks like Max Payne is changing. And... Uh, yeah. And he did change. Uh, he still has the dumb uh, wrestling outfit, uh, but I do like the jacket. And now he has straight hair, everybody. He doesn't have that dumb hair anymore. Yeah, that's all I could think of was when you were complaining about how he looked and his hair. I'm like, it's like he's listening. Like mm-hmm. his, his hair's changed. He just needs put all that metal bullshit on your jacket, under your ring gear, and you wouldn't look so plain. Yeah, you know? I think I think what really confuses me, and I. I Coming from a big guy myself, finding clothes is pretty hard. And I think with him, I think that's the case. Uh, because he's wearing shorts that are, like, weird. He wears, get... he wears the singlet with the shorts on it. Yeah. And, yeah, I know what you're... I, I kind of know what you're saying. And for, like, a big guy, there's a certain way you portray your look as a wrestler that, that we're at a work. Because yeah, I imagine... I imagine if like something embarrassing happens where you like see I don't know his balls over fucking like the underbelly fat that's just hanging like I don't think he wants to show that because maybe some insecurity, um, but I don't know I I I like I like where it's going I think he needs better gear uh, I think they could do that uh, if anything I think he needs an all black uh, get that light color off of him. He were, it shows him later on when they're talking about the television tournament that seems to have no bearing on anything that goes on mm-hmm. in what we watch. And he, he wears something even worse in that in that clip. It's like he's wearing like the singlet, but it's like the long tights. And the tights part of it are like this fucking bright green, and it just looks bad. I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe wear a shirt. Wear a Megadeth shirt and just beat people's asses. Yeah. (laughs) You could be like, you could be pioneering before WCW starts doing it or ECW starts doing it, I mean to say. Um, I will say, well, this is a squash match because they're they're focusing on his arm bar a lot. Like, it's dangerous. I don't know if you noticed that. Like, um, at Super Bowl... That was one of the things. And also, he killed, like, Johnny B. Bed. That's why he has that uh, cast on. Uh, yeah. So, I I really enjoyed, like, what they he was doing in this match. But I don't like how he transitions into the armbar. I think it looks silly. I think he needs to do, like, a... A body slam or or suplex or something, then just like stomp on him and then do the armbar. 
Because that would show like you're a giant and you're, you're going to kill him. Yeah, like if he did like a ha- one of those um, hammerlock scoop slams mm-hmm. or something, and then just like fucking elbow drop the guy, and then put clinch it in, like yeah, it would look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a squash though, and then right after this, Tony goes in to let Max Payne speak, and he actually does an okay promo. Yeah, the only thing I want to say, and I wrote this down, I said. Maybe he had that hair in front of his eyes because of how his eyes move when he talks because he does that. Yeah, he's like, his eyes kind of, he looks around. Brett had yeah. the same problem. That's why he always wore sunglasses at first. Did you know that? Oh, no, I didn't notice that. No. He's, he he did like a promo and then he said he noticed his eyes are always, look. he's always looking around. He's like, oh, shit, that looks terrible. And then he just started wearing sunglasses. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure probably somebody said, stop doing that with your eyes. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Max Payne's is starting to do a little bit better. Yeah, I guess we'll see. He uh, calls out Ric Flair, though, specifically. Yeah, and that interests me. Do you think that, I mean, obviously Ric Flair is going to win, but do you think Ric Flair is going to face Max Payne or maybe Max Payne's going to put try to put Ric Flair in an arm bar out of nowhere? Maybe I, that's what it made me think of is like maybe they're teasing a thing with them. I'm sure it'll be like a comeback match. Like this is my first match back, bro. You want some of this? If you want a nature boy, woo. You know, like we'll see. I want to see Ric Flair do the get up, run over the ropes, <laughs> like when he does that move where he like goes on the side, runs up the ropes, and goes on the top, and then does like an elbow drop or something or a crossbody. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> crazy to think of. Uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Bill Irwin. Yeah, Wild Bill Irwin. I, I, Bill Irwin could fucking. I don't know what it is. He's ex- very explosive with his stuff. Yeah, I don't know. That's like when he had the match against Bulldog. I was like, I like this guy. Like, I don't. I don't want to see more of him. I like the whip thing. He's got like a whip. Hmm. And he just when the mat when the, as soon as the bell rang he just ran across and started blasting Dustin. It was like oh shit he's going for it. Like, yeah, but then Dustin like slows it down with the arms and shit. Yeah, uh, he does his his wrestling stuff. But uh, it was it was a nice up tempo match. Mm-hmm. Uh, which the only thing I have to say is it was a little sloppy at times. Uh, and to the point where Paul Orndorff, because he was on commenta- commentary, right? Just a yeah. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, I love him on commentating. Because he just, he screams at times. And uh, they were making, he was making fun of how Dustin was wrestling. And there was a point uh, where Dustin does his uh, bulldog. And it was like, not botched, but like looked like he spiked ahead too much. It looked like Bill didn't know what to do. Like he thought he was gonna like do something else, and he bulldog him. It looked like he just spiked him. Yeah, to the point where Paul Orndorff actually stopped in the middle of his sentence and go, "Ooh, <laughs> yeah. ooh." Uh, what do you what do you have to say about this match? Um. You covered most of it. It was a pretty quick match. It was kind of a, I, I would classify it as a squash because 
Bill didn't get that much offense. He got like a little bit, and then Dustin just controlled him the rest of the time and beat him. Yeah, and then we got that promo at the end, which, by the way, Paul <laughs> Orndorff was great. Paul Orndorff, <laughs> can you please take the fucking headphone off of your neck? Him trying no. to. Talk- he was uh, in the middle of something, and then he came up to him. And he's like, "I got something to say. I got." And then he just gets up. He's like, uh, "Dustin, come here, Dustin Rhodes." Well, they had to hand him like two microphones as well. Did you notice that? Yeah, he was like, you could still hear him on the headset. And then he was talking to the mic. Um, do you think Paul Arndorf is going to get the uh, U.S. title? Because I think that's where it's building, right? Yeah, it seems they're setting up a match between those two. Which, like, yeah, I want to see that. I want to see Paul with the title. I I wouldn't be opposed to it. It's just it's kind of weird though because he's coming off of getting beat by Cactus, mm. and it's like okay, so he's he's challenging though. But then Dustin says like, well, anytime you want to do it, go through the office and do it. And he's like, oh yeah, one more thing. And he's like Paula, and then he just gets so upset that he calls my father. My name is not Paul. My throws like the headset away. He's fucking. He lost his shit. It was great. <laughs> oh man, I I think when we do our award show, I, I think Paul Arndorf is going to be my top dog in my in my stable. <laughs> oh, he's entertaining. <laughs> um. What's after this? Oh, it's Van Hammer and Bobby Baker. Van Hammer comes back after being, I guess he had a minor injury or something. Mm-hmm. Um, not much to say here. This Bobby Baker guy, he seemed a little awkward yeah. in this match. Like A couple things messed up. I think he didn't know how to do Van Hammer's finish because it was like kind of weird looking. <laughs> I, I called the uh, uh, Baker uh, a fat David Hater. Because he looks like David Hader a little bit. With a a short, fat David Hader with a mullet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Van Van Hammer seemed pretty over in the match, though, actually. Uh, I I like the... <laughs> this is kind of like off topic. Well, it's not. It's, it's part of the match. There was this lady with a Van Hammer t-shirt, and I actually liked it. Yeah, it looked kind of cool. And I was like, oh, there's female wrestling fans here. Who would have thought? <laughs> 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 grills they have grills here um so they did reference the vinnie vegas and van hammer uh arm wrestle thing they did and uh i wonder if that's where it's leading to to revenge i i don't know do we want to see revenge i i don't really care i i actually like van hammer um do you think he's better as a single, or uh, should he be with a tag team? I think he's pretty solid in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen enough of him yet, I think, to really make a good judgment on him. But I think he could operate pretty well in a tag team. Yeah. You know, so, like, I, I have to see more of him. I, I like what I see of him so far, and it seems like he's pretty over. So... Sure, I, I I like him so far. Yeah, so I I we both had this as a squash, right? This yeah, the guy didn't do anything. I think he like he poked him in the eye or something, and then it was he Van Hammer took control very quickly again. It was over. <laughs> speaking um, of any speaking of any Vegas, yeah, 
uh, Vinny Vegas and Big Sky uh, versus was it TC McAvoy, TC McCoy, M- McCoy, and then Tim Alexander, T- Terry Travis, Terry, what? Tim <laughs> Alexander. <laughs> I'm thinking of Marcus Alexander Bagwell still. He's a, he's in your brain. Yeah, he's, he's in your mind. Buff the stuff. Um, again, this is where we see Kevin Nash being Kevin Nash now again. Um, I thought it was funny he tagged out for most of the match and let Big Sky work it. Yeah, and I was like, that's Kevin Nash. Make it that money. It seems like it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Big Sky looked pretty good, though. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, I didn't recognize him at all. Mm-hmm. And then he was actually pretty decent. Uh, if once Vinny Vegas goes away... Um, Which is soon. Become Diesel pretty soon. Um, Max Payne and Big Sky as a tag team? That might not be bad. I think that would be good. I had to uh, I, I had to look this guy up, though, because I'm just like, who? I don't remember this guy at all. And apparently this dude played Sabretooth in, like, the X-Men movie. Really? <laughs> yeah. And he was Michael Myers in like the Halloween remakes, the the, the Rob Zombie ones. Okay. So he like is... he's done some other stuff. Uh, apparently he wrestled in all Japan and Puerto Rico, and he was in WCW in the eighties for a little bit. And uh, you know who he went you to Herb- me- uh, What what were you gonna say? You know who he reminds me a little bit. Test. Yeah, kind of. And I don't Same. even think Test is a bad wrestler. I thought he was pretty decent, especially for a guy that size. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I would never talk shit about t- uh, Test. I mean, when they had TNA, so yeah, that that was a tag team. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I also wrote down. I said, kind of like we see Barry Windham, right? And he's pretty much old now, kind of a little bit. He. He kind of looks like Barry Windham a little bit as well. He's just a little taller. <laughs> a little taller and a little quicker than Barry Windham. I think uh, Barry's quick when he wants to be. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's slow on purpose. Um, but I, I, I liked I liked Big Sky's punching. I liked his fucking kicking. Uh and and and, and people people, you know, don't really look at that when you think of wrestling. I'm like no good punching and even the wrestlers talk about it because I watched um Stone Cold talk about the when he was talking to the Undertaker uh and they were talking about Hell in a Cell uh and you're like Stone Cold said that's a good punch taker you know you, you did good punches and I was like holy shit like we're not the only people that think that even the wrestlers think about it it's really it's something really basic when you look at like real basic strikes like that, mm-hmm. but it means a lot. And it's like I didn't really think about it that much until it was brought to my attention before. I think it was when Jim Cornette started talking about. It. He's like nobody knows how to throw a damn punch anymore, and I was like, "Holy shit, he's right." Yeah, almost nobody throws a punch anymore. Like that's weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I wrote down also. I said. Yeah, Kevin Nash did one move, and then he tagged back in Big Sky. He like, hey, that guy that was taking his moves, T.C. McCoy, 
he's pretty good at getting his ass kicked. Yep. <laughs> he was like doing the knees in the corner, and he, every time he got knee, he was like jumping up in the air and falling over. I was like, oh, he's getting, he's pretty good at getting his ass kicked. And that Terry Travis guy is just white as milk. Dude <laughs> needs to go to a tanning bed or something. <laughs> <laughs> just look bad. I mean, if he's like Seamus and he burns easily, like what, whatever. Fucking can't help that, I guess. Um, Snake Eyes, brother, win squash. Yep, another squash. Now for some fun time: the Barbarian versus Rip Rogers. Rip Rogers, amazing. <laughs> I was hoping you'd like that. I love his comedy wrestling so much. It's like, One, I don't even know that you can really call it comedy wrestling, though. It's just he's being a chicken shit heel. It just happens to be funny. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's not being funny on purpose. He's he's being like an, an asshole who's out of his depth. And he's like, holy shit, this guy is big. Like in the beginning of the match before it starts, it shows him looking at him. He's like, oh, my God. And <laughs> He already starts trying to do cheap shit. Like he's like he's pulling my hair, and then Barbarian's like, "No." <laughs> well, I love the part where they're handshaking, and like he's like, "Give me a handshake," and they're like, "Ah!" <laughs> he's trying to do that old heel shit where he's like, "Gotta shake my hand." And he punches him or some shit. Yeah, he just collapses and screams like <laughs> ah! as loud as he can. Well, the reason why I, I say he's like a comedy wrestler is it's a way he's like doing his emotions and stuff because he's a uh, a scared heel. Uh I don't know, it's like the 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 bright blonde hair and that dark beard looks weird. It's old school heel shit. Like, you know, look fucking outrageous and and annoying mm-hmm. and act that way too. And then like so like when you're acting like this outrageous fucking asshole and you're you're getting put in your place, it's funny. I love every time Rip Rogers like he's pulling on my tights, pulling on my tights. Yeah, he's he kept trying to do shit like that. I noticed uh, this point in the show, it seemed like Tony and Jesse are starting to work better together now. Yeah, I actually noticed that like near the end of the show, I'm like they're kind of starting to become a chemistry. I think they, they in the beginning they had to like get at those dumb jokes that they were doing. Yeah, that's probably uh, shit somebody told him to do. It was a spiel or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love this part. Rick, Rip was put in a headlock for a while, and he couldn't get out of it. Uh-huh. She tried to get out of it three times, and then finally he got he got Barbarian in a headlock, and then immediately he overpowers him into a top wrist lock, and he does a flip. And it's <laughs> that whole time, he couldn't do it. Uh, and then, like... He just hits him and even does like shoulder tackles in the corner, and then Barbarian just no sells all of his offense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, was this a squash? No, this was no. not squashed in my opinion because it, there's it went too long, and there was just too much stuff going on in between it. Mm-hmm. Like Rip, Rip was just playing it up. He was working. He was just working this heel shit. This like I'm out of my depth. I'm getting my ass kicked by this big guy. Um, this, uh, what the what the hell did I write here? Oh, I like this. I like when he got heat though. It was great. Like 
Barbarian hip tosses him and he puts him in a chin lock and then he's like, oh, oh, fuck. And you see him take his thumb, just go like, jam, like right up in his eye. Mm-hmm. And then he he does a back rake and he just starts stomping his hands. <laughs> he just did like three cheap things in a row. It was great. Nice. And then Barb hits the big boot for the win. Rip is great. 6.5 out of 10. All right. I'll give it a score because I did. I, I... I don't know I, I mess up on squashes and stuff, but I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. It's okay. Was, we don't have we don't have to agree if it's a squash or not necessarily. Okay. That was that was just my criteria. Uh, was there was more work going on in this match than some guy just losing? You know. Yeah. Um. Uh, that, that's where I wrote my note here. People just aren't willing to look weak anymore, and it hurts the business. Like you got to commit to this, like this idea that this guy is going to completely kick my ass and I have to make it look good. Yeah. And he, he did. <laughs> and, and nobody wants to do that shit anymore. Everybody wants to fucking be competitive with everybody. And now nobody's over. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of like, it's cool. Cause yeah, sometimes you can get like, you, you can get really good matches a lot, but what's the, what's the fucking price of that though? Not not very good. There's no price it's, in that. Yeah, the the price we pay is nobody's really over anymore, and there's like sensory. It's like everybody's desensitized to big moves now. The price is wrong. Wrong. So, your favorite wrestler. <laughs> why are they pushing this guy? He's getting booed think, everywhere. I don't know if he's getting pushed anymore or not, because like the the commentary was saying some or no, this was later. This was later. I'm sorry, hmm. but yeah, it's Steve Regal and Eric Watts against Bob Cook, <laughs> the bomb thrower Bob Cook and Chris Sullivan. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't I I laughed every time Eric Watts got booed, and I wonder. Hey. Uh, he changed his gear. Remember when you were complaining about his t- his trunks? Yeah, they they change his gear. Yeah, I will give him that. He he does have the the pants and the uh, the boots and stuff now. Um, I don't. I, I like Steven Regal. He's great in this. He's great in this, but I don't think he's great with Eric Watts. No, <laughs> it was funny because like. I got really into it whenever Regal was in the ring, and I was just I was studying him, like I was just mm-hmm. watching everything he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like he he did like you know his his world sports shit. He's it's interesting to watch him work as a young baby face because I'm not used to that. Yeah, because he fires up really good, and it's it's cool. I like it. And I, it was like, man, if this was just like a handicap match with William Regal, I'd be or Steve Regal now, I'd be into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it uh, he. He has the same tempo as Dustin. I don't know if you noticed that, by the way. Yeah, he kind of does. Yeah. Uh, your boy Bob Cook is in there, though. Yeah, Bob was... Uh, he was throwing some bombs again. I was waiting for it. And then now <laughs> the commentary is caught on to it. They start calling out, like, man, he's got a good right hook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, what, what did I write here? Like, Regal Smooth. Um... And I said this, I want to see Regal against Brad Armstrong or like Regal against Benoit right now. That's what I want to see. Yeah. That would be a really good match. That's interesting. 
Um, what, what is Regal's finisher move in WCW, by the way? I don't know yet. Uh, I don't I, wait. He did it when he first came in, and I can't remember what it was now. But it wasn't like a submission. I th- it was like an impact move. I think it was some kind of like suplex or something. Mm-hmm. And um, and I wrote in this match as well is that Regal's fast, but he also does the technician pretty well in this as well, where he's. Uh, Twisting the arm and you know, pulling the limbs and shit. I mm-hmm. hate when Eric Watts does it though. And it's not because I hate him, it's just like it looks awkward when he does it. I was gonna say in this match he didn't look that good. He looked kinda awkward. He's fucking shit up. hmm <laughs> I wrote this part where he the momentum shifts is like he's going for a monkey flip or something in the corner. And then Bob holds on. And then he just like throws him down. And he's punches him in the fucking face, and I popped. I was like, "Yes," because this is one of the best punches I've ever seen. I I, I know what you're talking about too, because he like Eric Watts is getting up and he's like rubbing his head and like you just see Bob Cook like, Wah! he just throws that. He just goes wham like that. And you hear it. You hear that smack, and they just go down. I'm like, God damn! It's like, learn watch Bob Cook learn how to throw a punch. Fuck. I love Steven Regal's fucking kicks, and especially when, he, when Bob Cook comes in and puts him uh, right in front of the other guy. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. We did that that fire up spot in the corner with the kicks. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote something else I noticed about him was uh, he continues to like fight even when he's selling, like at a disadvantage. And yeah. that's great because you know that's something else I notice a lot of people don't do. They just sell the moves. And they just kind of limply follow the guy when they're dragging him by the head. Mm-hmm. Regal's like throwing punches. And he's trying to fight out of shit. Nobody does that anymore, really, either. Well, what I hate about wrestling now is like it's a very like you said. It's like a, they're selling the spot or uh, being a spot fest, and it's it's my turn to take the move. You yeah, know? it people don't like wrestlers don't understand. You are showing off that you're in a fight. You sh- you need to show that you're in a fight. It's not it's not that you're balleting and being a spot fest and have to get to that spot and take the spot. It, this should be you're my opponent. I need to fight to win, and it doesn't show that today. Regal showed me that today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to say, I have to call this out too. Eric Watts gets a like a comeback tag, like after Regal comes back and he kind of tags him in to finish it up. Mm-hmm. He goes in and does a chin lock. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> that happened twice tonight. I'm like, what the hell? Maybe um, Eric Watts was gas. Maybe he maybe he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> but he's, he's I said he's awkward and he gets STF and he wins and. This was only as good as it was because of the three other people in this match. Because Chris Sullivan did a good job too. He was I doing like, some heel shit and he was selling. I like it. I Bob Cook and <laughs> I wrote this down as well. But there's a part where uh Chris Sullivan is fighting Steven Regal and he like throws him to the corner and like Steven Regal fights back and he like does like <laughs> like <laughs> and falls backwards. Like oh, a, yeah, that was funny. A, like a Aloha kind of thing. Oh, he also did this crazy... When he did the, the fire-up thing, he, he shot him into the other corner, and when he hit the turnbuckle, he did a flip. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, man. Um, so I'm going to give this, and the reason why I'm giving this a 6.5 out of 10 is, like you said, because of the three guys. Eric Watts was the only one that was, like, slowing things down. And even though Bob Cook and Chris Sullivan are kind of, like, jokey squash people, they kept up with them. Yeah, they did. So that's why I give it a six, six point five out of ten. I scored it lower originally, but I'm going to change it to six point five out of ten. Cool, because I just liked what those guys were doing so much. And mm-hmm. Eric Watts wasn't really a match that much. Yeah, he, he he wasn't enough to like piss me off, but enough to piss off the crowd because every time he got into the fucking ring, he was getting booed. That just makes me wonder, how long does this Eric Watts experiment go on? I don't know. You know? <laughs> Who's your dog um, in here? That's my cat. She needs out. Why don't you talk about the Arn Anderson segment? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so Ar- Arnie boy. Uh, he, uh, well, actually, they show about the U.S. title and all that shit in the tournament, like, who cares? <laughs> uh, but Arn Anderson comes back and he's, you know, talking about <laughs> how his, his apathetic part of him died. Yeah. <laughs> On the pavement, uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He, boy, he could th- he could do a fucking promo, and I believe it. People, yeah, people don't remember that about Arn Anderson. He's, I feel like he's kind of overlooked by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's a great promo though. <laughs> it, it, I couldn't really write specific notes down. It was just, it, it wasn't something that you recite. It's just like watch this Arn Anderson promo, and then you see why he's good. Well. He he talks about like all the people in in the WCW and like pretty much saying you, you need to fear me. Uh, yeah, he's like I see Barry Windham with that NWA title; it makes me feel good, and I see Pillman and Austin with their you know with their teamwork, and it makes me feel good. And I see Ric Flair coming back here, and he's like livening the place up, and it makes me feel good. You know, like he's like, yeah, I want to fucking come back and I want to whip ass. And then he talks shit about Eric Watts. Which yeah, I was happy about. <laughs> maybe maybe Art Anderson puts Eric Watts out. Like I don't know. I don't actually know what happens there. I don't know. It, all these promos have been really really well. Yeah, they've been good promos. No bad ones. They're like, man, what the fuck was that? And, and they're just long enough. They're not fucking ten minutes long. And was he teasing the four horsemen by the way? Because he's like, yeah, he's like, I got this cramp in my hand. It, I yeah. <laughs> Do they bring it back? Um, I don't think they do immediately. No, I think it it, it goes for a little while before they really do. Mm-hmm. But I know Arn and Rick get back together pretty pretty quickly. I think. Now we got Barry Windham versus Brad Armstrong. Yeah, this is technically the main event match of the night. It basically is. There's no more matches after this. Yeah, apparently the one I watched, which didn't have the whole thing, but it was like Paul Orndorff defeats Cactus Jack for WCW World Tele- Television Title Tournament 
quarterfinal match, uh, which I I don't know why that wasn't in the WWE network, but that was in the YouTube one that I saw. So it was okay for like the five minutes that I saw. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Brad Armstrong getting some main event time, huh? Yeah, I liked it because I, I like Brad Armstrong. It's clear they don't seem to think too much of him, though. Because, um, yeah, I don't know. Just I was just noticing how he moves. I'm like, this guy moves like a fucking wrestler. Like, yeah. You notice that? Like his stance. He gets that low stance. He's kind of like. I'm going to get a hold. I'm going to, I'm going to grab you and put you in a hold or some shit. That's just how he is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, I don't, I like that. You can buy that. You get into it. Um, and they just do good stuff together. Like I thought they would. Brad oh. does his arm drags, his hip tosses, drop kick. And then he keeps putting an arm bar on and a hammer lock and Barry can't get out of it, but he looks pretty calm. I noticed during all this. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote down, I said, Barry Windham's a badass, even before the NWA title. But I felt like the NWA title made him more of a badass now because he's, he looks calm and confident. Yeah, like, he's not flustered and mad. He's just like, he's just like, really? Like, when he's in these holes and he's like, he's like, okay, I'm going to get out of this shit. Give me a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. See, I put Barry finally picks thing or breaks things up. He does that huge stalling back suplex, and then he puts him in the corner, and he goes, "Time to wake up, Brad." And he just goes, "Wham!" Fucking punches him, and you hear it. And I'm like, "Damn, that was good." I just love the counters that uh, Brad Armstrong was doing because there's a part where Barry Windham uh, picks up for a power slam, or not a power slam, a scoop slam, and like Armstrong like turns it into an arm drag. I'm like, holy mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, like midair, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um Barry beats beats Brad down for a while and suplex he suplexes him on the mat outside, and then I noticed like they have a mat outside. Yeah. Because they didn't before. And then the commentary's like, Yeah, there's a mat out here now. I'm like, okay. I, I and they were making some allusions to like Bill Watts is gone because Arn was talking about that. The Eagle has flown away and left the duckling behind. <laughs> I'm like, so is Bill Watts gone now? I guess, I guess. he is. <laughs> I, I, I want to bring this up, but didn't the set of WCW Saturday Night was different before uh, Super Brawl? It changed a little, I noticed. I noticed they had like those weird red tassel-y things mm-hmm. like through the tunnel. The other stuff still looks kind of the same up there on the stage, though. Okay. It always... <laughs> I noticed this too. You notice how they have a picture of Sting back there? <laughs> yeah. Like, why is there just a picture of Sting? It's just Sting, and it says Sting on it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, why is that there? Maybe he loves Sting. Maybe they love Sting. I'm like, why is there a picture of Vader? He's the fucking he's the king of the valley, brother. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, I Barry Windham suplexes. I love it. I think Barry Windham is starting to become one of my favorite wrestlers that I'm watching right now. Yeah, he is for me too. And just all the stuff he does, just all of it's just like, wow, watch that, you know? Mm-hmm. You can see like why it's great. Like I, I said, 
like he hits this big atomic drop and then he hits a clothesline and a knee drop for two. And then like Brad selling like he's fucking dead after that. <laughs> like he just looks like he's unconscious. <laughs> and then I said like taller guys should utilize more of the psychology that Barry uses. Cause you got to think like nobody does an atomic drop anymore. Right? Nope. But and at this point they're starting to get kind of rare too. But when Barry Wyndham does an atomic drop, that's a long way down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it looked like Brad was selling it, but he's like, Oh my God. Like his back is just fucked. Now, it's not ravishing Rick Rude selling atomic drops, but hey. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, can like he'll start doing how Barry uh like rubs the boot on the face and shit. Orton does that. He does. Yeah, or Orton's one of the only guys that does that. I think more heels need to do that. The boot burn. I always call that the boot burn. I don't know if anybody calls it anything. But the way that commentators always describe why that hurts, I'm like, it's boot burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, say right here? Brad hits face buster on a shoot off and he starts coming back and he does some corner punches. And I think Barry tries to walk out and do an inverted atomic drop, but Brad hops off, forearms him, tries a Russian leg sweep. Barry hangs on to the ropes and he fucking busts his head on the mat. <laughs> and then Barry's DTs him. He's done. Yeah. Good match. I gave it a I gave it a seven out of ten. Me too. I wish Brad would get more singles time. Yes, and he was good getting his ass kicked, even though he's a decent wrestler. So he's a great seller too. Yeah, mm-hmm. he reminds me of kind of, and I'm not saying that. I mean, Ziggler's good, but like Ziggler could sell. He kind of oversells a lot, but yeah, I still like it. <laughs> yeah. Like Brad sells pretty realistically, in my opinion. Like he kind of, he actually kind of reminds me of Steamboat a little bit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so I, I'm going to say right off the bat, <laughs> WCW beat WWF again. Oh, oh, it did. It's a blowout. And there's only one other thing to talk about that's left. Oh yeah, I forgot. Um, Tony tells us that Rick Rude will be here next week, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, things are just getting stacked here, man. Like, all these people are coming back. Rick Flair's back. Rick Rude's coming off of an injury. He's coming back. They built they built that for a long... That's two months of building right there. It is, yeah. And it's like, British Bulldog's here now? Mm-hmm. The Stinger's still with us? Yes. <laughs> Paul Orndorff came in recently? Like, yes, things are looking pretty good right now in WCW. Oh, don't we get a Vader promo? Yeah, and then that's what I was going to say. Vader and Harley comes out, and Vader cuts another amazing promo. <laughs> He's like, I walk through the valley of WCW, but I have no fear. I rule the valley. I am the king of the world. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I just love how he comes in and hits Tony's fucking head with his arm, by the way. Did you notice that? Yeah, he's just like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> fucking Tony then- looks pissed but then he's like oh shit it's vader i can't really do anything about it (laughs) he calls out singer and he says if he wants more blood and more pain fucking come find him and then he says british bulldog if you want to find me i'm not hard to find and then harley race just kind of backs him up and says yeah and he says something about rick flair and it's it's over but it was great it's great yeah (laughs) it's fucking vader man again Amazing. Love that guy. 
Yes. So what what do you give the whole show? I gave it a 6.75 out of 10. I gave it a 7 out of 10 uh, because I enjoyed it. I A lot of things surprised me, and we got good wrestling. We got good promos. Uh, way better than last uh, week, uh, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, I mean, much better show. This was a long show. It was like an hour and 45 minutes. I was surprised by that. Yeah, I wonder why. I wonder if that's going to be a thing. Actually, let me check right now. I don't think it is. It always seemed like they have really random show times. Uh, next week is an hour. Yeah, because usually they run 55 minutes to an hour and five or an hour and ten. Mm-hmm. But there was one time they had an episode that was 47 minutes. And then there was another time they had an episode that was like an hour and 20. All so right. it just seems like to change. I'm looking at the pictures, and it looks like it gets better and better, just what I'm seeing in the pictures. So, um, yeah. I, um, what, I mean, we, we have... Remember, this is a bi-weekly show, so the next episode will be on uh, December 18th. Um, it's just supposed to be our award show, though. Oh, yeah, that's right. So maybe we should just probably fit it in somewhere. Then next week, I guess. Next, uh... yeah, I guess if you want to, because we don't, we won't be reviewing anything. We'll just kind of be talking in general about, hey, who was good, who sucked. You know? Yeah, let's do that. Then, uh, pretty much, that will be the last show until we uh, get back from Christmas break. Pretty much. Um. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we sign off? No, that was it. All right. So um, if you want to catch more of Getting Some Color or Big Trouble of Podcasts or The Nemesis Project, uh, which is our Resident Evil podcast, and Big Trouble of Podcasts is our movie podcast, and Accelerated Gamer, type in Nerd Review Network in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh Fuck it. Red Circle. <laughs> uh, and Stitcher. And then all our podcasts are there. And then you can listen to all our shows. You know, give us a, a review. Give us a message. We are here. But until next time, guys, get some color. Stinger! You want blood? Get some more! <laughs> we gotta come up with a catchphrase for at the end. Alright, guys. Later. See ya.